Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. invite to the stage three amazing, amazing mothers. I want to invite um, Alicia Liebesite to please make her way to the stage, um, Helen Bowater to the stage, and Rebecca Hislop to the stage. So uh, let's, let's put our hands together for them as they make their way. Fantastic. And they've all dressed uh, colour-coordinated as well. So, <laughs> yeah, very good. I didn't get the memo. Um. <laughs> it's a special club you got to be in. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey! I don't actually own any pink, so I wouldn't. I would have struggled. Um, that's just that's just me, though. So um, these guys, they're um, amazing mums, and we have, in fact, um, uh, three mums from three very different um, stages of motherhood life. And uh, we wanted to take some time in our service today to, um, you know, I guess, value all mums by actually getting some insights into what it means to be a mum today. And so um, let's, let's start. I think we've got, th- so we've got three questions for these amazing mothers, but I think it'd be good to um, start. But let's, why don't you, let's start with Alicia. Why don't you share, why don't we all share, uh, you know, just what did, a little bit about you, what you do, maybe how many children you have, what ages they are, just so we can get a bit of a glimpse into uh, who you actually are. Karen, who are you? Well, who, who, who? Um, my name is Alicia. Hello. I've got one husband. Looking good. There. <laughs> I've got a, uh, what are we, five months, I think. Five-month-old girl, th- nearly three-year-old boy, and a six-year-old girl, and a dog and a cat. And <laughs> we're at the mall, and I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mum. It's what I do, yeah. I'm with my kids all the time. I'm picking them up with me um, and probably have a lot of coffee every day because that's like my treat. Is that top from the hot shop? It is. I do like hot shopping. Has it been washed? It has been washed, of course. <laughs> it's the first question I have to ask every time. Of course. <laughs> Fantastic. So honouring so far. Okay. Um, <laughs> over to you, Rebecca. Okay, so um, my name's Rebecca, and I am married to Graham. We have five children. We had a dog, um, but now we have two cats. And I like a little bit of op shopping or just borrowing off my daughter's wardrobes. That's very convenient as well. Um, I also like coffee, and I work. Over to Helen. Helen. <laughs> right, my name is Helen, and I'm married to Rodney. And we have three children, well, three adults, all in their 50s, um, and I love chainsawing. <laughs> what? You go. You've had quite a bit of experience. Only in the last two years. Fantastic. That's amazing. This is the result of one of them. What? <laughs> Not with the chainsaw, with oh. a stick. Oh from my gosh. <laughs> Do you wear all the right health and safety equipment? Is that, you follow health and safety regulations? Oh, definitely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing. 
um, these three are actually also a very big part of um, our church family and church life. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Helen is actually the wife of Rodney, who is a big part of our eldership. He's on, he's on our eldership team here for Annersbrook. Um, Pastor Rebecca, obviously, is married to Graham. They are lead pastors, and she oversees our children's ministry, does an amazing job of that. And Alicia, um, she's uh, one of our location pastors and, um, and is also, you know, still a youth pastor as well. And so... Um, all carrying really a very big mantle of ministry life and kingdom life. And so um, it's great to be able to chat with you ladies. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, let's uh, hear a bit about what it means to be a mum, shall we? I think it'd be good to start with some highlights. And uh, I love that, you know, in life we all, all have some great moments. We all have mountaintop moments. And so um, we want to hear, for you three, uh, what, are, what is the best... It's hard to, like, name one thing. Because there's True. multiple things. So I wrote down just a couple of things that I like. Um, first one was I love having three people who are obsessed with me. They say <laughs> my name all the time. Uh, everywhere I go, they want to go. Um, another thing I love is when they try and make you a cup of tea that consists of milk, tomato sauce, and a pretzel. And they're real proud that you're like, cool. Um, I love it when they, you see their little grins and they jump off the couch after doing like a 360 or when you make biscuits and they're like, yeah, that's good, mum. You're like, oh. Those moments. And I also love one of my favorite moments with, about being a mum is when you get to be silly with them and you can sing really badly because I can't sing and they still think you're awesome and they can still fall asleep to your voice. Those are some of the moments I love. Yeah, that's what I had. Cool. Uh, I guess for me, the, the most special thing is the fact that I was privileged enough to be able to have the gift of children, and so I know for some people that hasn't or isn't a privilege yet, and so although some days it doesn't feel like a privilege, <laughs> um, majority of the time it really does, and I guess that uh, God actually felt like I could handle bringing up five kids and just being able to watch them like in all their differences and all their quirks and strengths grow into who they're meant to be and be alongside doing that and cheering them on and also being there for them sometimes when it's not so cheerful. So yeah, I guess that is how I feel, that it's just a real privilege. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. Helen, best thing for you? I think I've always wanted to be a mum. I can't remember from what age, but I was about a teenager and I just the thing to be a mum I thought was the greatest thing. And I think when you see your babies for the first time when they're born... And unfortunately, with my first baby, I didn't see him till 10 days afterwards. And so I didn't really actually know I'd had him. But that was it. But when I saw him, you know, just the joy of seeing him. And I love my babies being in bed with me. I really did. Even in hospital, I had them in bed with me. I never put them away in a cot to cry. I just wanted them with me. Um, their first smile. And them trying to say, Mum. You know, the little voices saying, Mum. And their little hands touching your legs, wanting to be picked up. I just love that too. Um, I had one child that kept us up all night, many, many nights. Another child that slept all the time. And then another child that didn't want to sleep, but she was happy. <laughs> and um, watching their responses to the little things around them. You know, how they saw things and how they, you know, what they did watching them grow and develop from this, their decisions that they made, whether they were right or wrong, but and how they learnt. Then, of course, growing into adults and having families of their own because I've got three children and I've got and seven grandchildren. So, 
Yeah, and their life's journeys, you know, and the pleasures and pain with being a mother too. Mm, yeah, yeah um, amazing. Great to hear those highlights. And um, uh, just hearing what you're saying just reminds me of, you know, uh, I think every child has a very special connection to a, to a mother, you know. Dad has a certain part to play, obviously, in, in the family. Um, and, I mean, this is just speaking from my experience. Like, you know, you, you always end up going to mum for certain things. You'd go to dad if you want to have, like, a bit of a, a wrestle. You'd go, go to your mum when you need, you know, love or looking after or, or care. <laughs> that's just my, that's my experience. And um, that's, that's my uh, best part about being a dad. Uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry. So um, I think one thing, um, and we may not all relate to the question, hey, what's the best part about being a mum? But one thing that we can all relate to is uh, what to do when we have struggles and storms and, and battles in, in life. And uh, it's something that, you know, now every single day we, we can come up against. And so I think I'd press through in those moments because it could be so easy to give up. And I can imagine for you three and for all, any mum in the room that there's been so many moments when it's been like, I could actually just give up on this. This is just, this is just tough, man. Like, what the, how are we going to get through this? So um, let's, let's um, start with you again, Alicia. Um, what, have been, what has been maybe the greatest struggle? And um, not only that, what have you done with that to, to push through that? Okay. Um, well, obviously, there's lots of struggles that you have. And there's the small ones, like when you clean your bathroom and it's nice and clean, then your child decides to empty the toothpaste out the same day. They are small little struggles, but I think one thing for me has been um, learning to accept that no two days are the same. That's a real struggle, because I like to have things in order. I like to be organized. I like to have my days calm. Um, like for instance, last week on Monday, I was like, right, I'm gonna get up. The kids are watching TV, we're having breakfast. I'm gonna spend just a quick five minutes in my Bible. I'm gonna try and memorize some scriptures. And so Monday was amazing. I did that. We got out of the house to school on time. Like we left the house at 8.30. I'd vacuumed. I was like, this is amazing. Let's try and do this tomorrow. That didn't happen. Tuesday was horrific. Knox way preschool. There was tears. There was crying. Day isn't the same. There's really no such thing as a real balanced lifestyle when you're a mum. Because every day is different. You're never going to have a real perfect day every day. Um, and it's learning. That's for me, learning to accept that. Um, and I think how I get through that and how I kind of overcome it is I'm just constantly reminded that, um, you know, with God, he gives us grace. Yeah. And he's not expecting the best from me every day as a mother. Yeah. He just wants me to love my kids. And yeah. I think there's one thing I've got to remind myself is when I'm dealing with my struggles like that, um, you know, when it's not going perfect and you're like, you want it perfect, you want, I want the house sorted, I want, you know, it makes me feel good. Um, as I... I often, I'm just talking to myself and God all the time, always back and forth having conversations with him. And I'm just reminded constantly that, you know, it's just God's grace that yeah. gets me through. He doesn't accept, doesn't expect the very best. You know, he just loves me for who I am. And that's possibly, that's one thing that I just have to remind myself daily yeah. um, in those crazy moments is that it's okay. You know, you're not trying to achieve heaps. God just wants you to love them. Yeah, great. Does that explain? Yeah, it's great. Does that answer my question? question? It's awesome. I think the great, it's a great thought that even in the unbalanced and where things um, feel very imperfect, that that's not what God has really called you to. God's not called you to be perfect. God just calls us to bring our best. 
And that's, that's it. Just bring your best and, and that's it. God, can't, God can never, I guess, require you to be perfect because he said, I mean, obviously Jesus, the one who is perfect for us. And because of his amazing perfection, uh, you know, we are actually made perfect in him. But, you know, all we have to do is just bring the best to the table that we can. It's amazing. Um, Beck? I agree with Leif. There's never just one struggle. Um, I think there's many. And I think as our kids have gotten older anyway, um, it's, you know, the, the struggles that were once big to me have m- maybe got different or feel more intense, and that is the struggle of seeing them in pain, in pain in a situation they're facing or sending them off into a toxic environment and knowing, you know, that I have to send them to school, but it's hard to watch maybe what might happen or the tears that may come home. Um, yeah, definitely. So definitely a struggle is watching them in pain now because you can't rescue them. You know, when they're little, it's like the pain is a sore knee and you can put a Band-Aid on that really easy. Some of the emotional pain gets a lot harder to help with. And um, so, yeah, that's challenging. And then just in the world that we're growing, they're growing up in now, it's a struggle to keep them safe in all the environments that they're in, really. So, yeah, but I just have learnt that actually I'm, I'm not able to be in five different places at all, you know, all the time and that I've actually just really had to relearn to trust and hand them back to God and trust that God, I've trained them, we bring them up, we communicate with them, we try and teach them the ways that we want them to go but ultimately uh, they make choices that, that are maybe good or bad, whatever, but I've got to trust that God's there with them and, and with me. And uh, so, yeah, and I also learned this quote when they were younger and it's helped me is that kids are professional mistake makers. And I'm like, mine have excelled in that. And, um, and, and actually, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, don't we? And so they're learning, and so of course they're going to mistake, make mistakes. And so that is also kind of grounds me that it's not always a reflection on your parenting. It's not even a reflection that they're necessarily bad kids. It's just that people make mistakes. And so I'm just like, okay, well, we'll just we'll start again tomorrow. <laughs> Please, God, let it be better. You know, like, yeah, so it's probably a struggle. Or three. That that's help? good. That's good. Okay. So you have five kids yes. in... Uh, the oldest is 19. Yes. Ruby's 19. Yeah. And how old? Oh, so we go, we'll go take it down. Yeah, yeah sure. 19, okay. 17, 15, 13, 11 is the age brackets that we have at the moment. I mean, that's. Um, yeah, there's amazing. no more coming, and then they all roll over later in the year. Okay. Great. What? <laughs> <laughs> she just said at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> and that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's five children. That's amazing, right? That's yeah. incredible. Um, and that's a lot to manage. Mm. <laughs> I, I can only imagine, really. But like, what? What is the? Uh, just one thing, random. This is not planned, obviously. But what's what? What have you done practically to actually help you, or what's worked to help manage five kids raising five children? What are some things that you've done? Um, I don't think you take a day off. That's not that you don't take time yourself. It's that it's really easy now to not parent, and I can see why you'd be tempted not to Mm. but these days we are given the gift of children and we actually have to see them as not projects not at all but as in people we want to I always think on a bad day I'm like I am my goal here is to raise healthy adults and so while they might be behaving childlike the goal is to make them healthy adults and so it's always thinking of the future but also every day 
I've got to be quite organised mm. because there is copious amounts of emails or conversations need to head or bags that need lunch boxes or whatever. They make their own, but it's probably a lot of organisation. Like, and luckily, God gave me a good gift of that. But mm. not everyone has it. But ultimately, connecting with them, keep that connection, and yeah, don't don't tap out. I think just even when you feel like you're failing as a parent, just carry on and and. Um, be there. Yeah. I don't know, well, does that answer that's that? That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Helen, what's one of the greatest struggles that you faced? Actually, when you said what was the biggest struggle, um, it was quite easy for me because it was when my children decided not to follow the Lord. That was my biggest struggle. Wow. Um, one, of my child, one of my children, after they'd been to a college camp, came home and said, Mum, it's said in God's word that he wants you to be hot or cold, and I've chosen to be cold. And they were. That was my biggest struggles until I heard what God said to me. God said, I accepted you for who you were. Now you accept her for who she is. And guess who changed? Me. And that's important to know. And when my daughter was about three years old, I had the privilege of hearing a prophet ministry coming through the town and ministering. And he gave me three scriptures for my family. In the Isaiah 8, 18, Isaiah 59, 21, Isaiah 54, 13, and Isaiah 54, 13 says, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. But in the message it says, All your children will have God for their teacher. What a mentor for your children. And how, how great is that? But at the time when my, you know, all my children were working, walking with the Lord at that time, and so at first I just hid the scriptures in my heart and didn't really do much about it. But... Later on, I started reminding God, about 30 or 40 years ago, I started reminding God of his promises to me. And, and I did that continually. I'm quite a, a persistent person. You know, I quite, I won't say I nagged you to come to church, did I, honey? But I was persistent in giving every Sunday, getting you there. And if he didn't, he said no, I'd send the children up to him to ask him to come to church. That's many years ago. <laughs> and the vision we have for our children and their children is greater than the opposition they'll ever face. Mm, great. You know, God is continually working. One time, my sister's here today. One time I rang her about a situation I was facing. You'd never guess what her answer was. Can anybody guess? No, I don't think so. Helen, I wonder what God is saying, trying to do in your life. <laughs> So, you know, that's true. You know, we're the ones that get changed. You know, there is a saying that God never promised us a rose garden, but I believe he did. Because roses are beautiful, but they have thorns. They have real prickly thorns. And that's like, I think you said something about the eagle at one time. That's what the mother eagle does. She puts thorns in the nest so that the eaglet will get out. But she's there to support that eaglet. you know, as it starts to learn to fly. And that's like our God. He's always there with us. And Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. You know, God wants each and every one of us to soar. And so, you know, and we learn how to soar. He wants to take us... I I imagine that there's many people in the room that really, that's that's maybe where where you're at family member who's not walking with God or in church. And so to hear those um, encouragements and how you've dealt with it, that is just absolutely amazing. And let that encourage you. 
Um, and let that just maybe stir you up a little bit today as well. And I just really, really actually feel that um, if someone in the room needs to know that, you know, even when you're feeling faithless, that God is always faithful. Yes. That God is always doing a work and that he in fact set um, eternity in the heart of man. That every single one of us, every single person has something in their heart that is drawing them to God. And uh, so I just want to say, and, and maybe even Helen, this is an encouragement for you, just don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep going. There's no failure. You have not failed. You may feel like you are or a failure or feel like you have, but you have not failed because there's still time left. There's still space. There's still uh, a time where, where God can do a great work. And so we believe we should believe for that in our lives. Amen? Thank you so much. That's amazing. Okay, last question. And uh, we'll, we'll, this is the last one. Let's finish with this. So um, this theme, revival, and revival starts in me. This is for every single one of us. It's for every single person. Uh, I just, uh, the, you know, the work of the kingdom of God, it's in all of our lives. I think sometimes in certain seasons, it can be kind of hard to, to see that. Um, and potentially, you know, in motherhood, it can be as well when you get caught up in the busyness of it and the work and everything that needs to be done. And so uh, for you three, how have you seen the kingdom of God outworked in your motherhood and your everyday life? Alicia, we'll start with you. Um, how have I seen it worked, uh, worked in my life? Well, yeah, like you just said before, it, life is busy and it is hard sometimes to like find moments to even think about this or, um, you know, because you're obviously every day is so busy, your, your mind is taken with the kids and you only get little slippets every few minutes or moments to to be with God or just to even think about that kind of stuff. And I think for me, how I've seen it uh, worked is obviously being a mum, your, your, not your kingdom, but your circle is big. There's so many people in your life and they're coming and going. Yeah. And I, I love that part is that you get to meet so many other women and you have something instantly in common because you're a mother. And that's often the way into a conversation that you can talk to them about God. And I've, I've had moments like that where you can encourage them, where you can just love on them. And I think that's, one challenge is your kids look up to you and they look at you and they watch you. And so if I can show them how to love on others and how God's kingdom should be shared and, and loved on with people in our world, that's one thing. Um, what else did I write down? I think another thing is just um, how I see God's kingdom. is It's just the small revelations that you get daily. You know, when you're reading your kids, your Bibles, their Bible stories, and suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, it's a God thing, you know, God's talking to you through that, through your children. Um, always amazes me how, um, how he does that. Another thing for me is just relying on him every day and how there's so many challenges that you have from God, you know, and as a parent you have so many challenges and you're constantly having to lean on him. And it's those moments that I find are a big thing for me, but um, yeah, does that kind of help? Yeah, that's great. Amazing. Uh, Rebecca, for you? How have you seen the kingdom of God outworked in your life? So I guess um, when I was thinking about it, it was the angle of um, my role as a mum, my mandate is to, I guess, show how God is working in my life outwardly and on an everyday basis try and include him in the kids' lives and in our family's life, which obviously uh, God is a big focus in our family with the role we do, but it's not just because of the role it's because we love Jesus. And so it might be as practical as, like, when I take them to school, which Graham often does, but when I do work, and I know he does this too, 
we pray about the day. We give it to God. You know, am I, if I know they're going into a test or if there's a situation, then we'll pray for that on the way. So that's just a real practical thing. I guess we also share, say, oh, God did this or I heard about that. And then we also might say, oh, man, this has been tough. Let's pray about it. So I guess uh, God is, I'm probably quite a natural, like I will randomly be in the kitchen praying in tongues and like I've heard parents go, mum, what are you praying about? <laughs> and I go, oh, da-da-da-da, you know, whatever. And it's just like, in fact, I did it one day in Raywood Fresh, unaware, and I was doing it out loud and the lady next to me was like, oops, I'm just choosing what brand of, which mints, premium or not, like, you know. Um, but, it's a big decision. You know, like, That's good. So sometimes I've got to realise I'm not in my home and, um, and maybe I should pray quite like in my head. But uh, prayer is a big thing. So I guess I've always, we've woven that through and, and scripture, but as I've gotten older, my memory is terrible and I end up making my own scripture. So I, I don't rely on that because then the kids will learn that <laughs> out of context. Uh, so, so, <laughs> and so I let them learn it. Uh, but yeah, so just making prayer a big thing. And we've really seen that when we've faced something that, okay, well, we're going to pray into that. Uh, we had a situation not long ago, and I was like, God, I am at the end of my parenting tools. Like, I don't even know what to pull out. Like, the hammer would be good, but it won't work. It won't be good at the end on that child. Uh, I'll get sent to jail as well, so that's another negative. But, God, if you could give me a practical tool, how can I help? How can I help? And honestly, I'm not kidding. Overnight, I got this tool, and then... The difference in that child, it was, well, like I feel, my, it was like night and day. And it was only because of the prayer. And so, yeah, prayer is a big thing. And I see it at work and our family and the power of it. And, um, and there's a village around us, like the likes of you guys, for us. You know what you've imparted into our kids and other people's teenagers. It takes a village to raise our kids, and it's not just us as parents, as people in this, in the seats, grandparents, you know, aunties, uncles, but youth pastors, kids pastors, like they are who also um, imparts into our kids' lives, and we see God at work that way as well. So, yeah, thank you, awesome. you too, for what you've done in our kids' lives. Great, no, mm. amazing, amazing thoughts, and. Um, yeah, I love to just even bring in the emphasis, uh, the emphasis to prayer and to pray, and we all we all should be praying every single day and praying together as well as, as husband and wife and as a family and including that. It's just so so important, eh? and we should be we should be doing it more. Um, Helen, same question for you. I say amen to the prayer too. Mm. You know, there's nothing that accomplishes anything but prayer and praying to God. Um, you know, even though I had good support with family and friends around me when I was younger, God has to be centre. Mm. He has to be involved in every area of your life, big or small. And um, that's what I found. And, you know, God is not only my mentor, but he's my dad. He's my friend. He's some support. Awesome. He's my everything. Yeah. And whatever my role in life, whatever your role in life too, you know, but especially as a mother, I need him. Yeah. You know, even today, you know, I haven't got little children around me. I need him. I need him to, you know, I've seen God do miracles. Mm. I've seen him do healings. I've seen him protect my family. You know, and he's even given me the right words to say at times. Mm. It's hard to believe. But, you know, even he's given me eyes in the back of my head too. Sometimes When he did, when they were home, he had, I had eyes in the back of my head, the ability to things, see things that I hadn't even seen. But, you know, because God is all seeing and he's all knowing. And so I need to keep close to him always. 
every part. One such miracle, I'll tell you, was when our daughter and her boyfriend, who is now her husband, they were travelling and they were riding a motorbike, had motorbikes, and um, there was, must have been a group of them. One swerved in front of them, and of course, they crashed and rolled down the road, doing 100 k's, and you can imagine what the result would be of that. But the, her boyfriend just had a broken wrist. She had no scratches and no jeans. Her jeans didn't even get torn. So to me, that's God's protection. You know, we can keep believing for things like that, mm. even when they're not around us. Well, we need to, even mm. when more. Um, another time was for the healing was with my son. He always, as I said, he had bad ears right from a little dot. And about when he was 10, there was no, you know, I'd given, no medication could take the pain away. And I remember kneeling by his bed and really praying, really interceding. And then Rodney came home. And just as Rodney pulled up in the carport, the pain went, and I don't, it is to my knowledge now, he has never had any earaches. And he's in his late mid 50s now, wow. so Amazing. since then. And so, like Brent said on um, Sunday, we need to begin to see what God is doing. Yeah, come on. See with his eyes and also hear what he's say, saying. A few years ago, you know, I was just walking outside my front door where we live now and I was just praying for one of my grandsons and just really you know telling God what I'd like to see what he would be doing what you know really speaking believing for things you know to change his life around but also what I could see what God was giving me as a vision to speak into his life and um, God said to me just like Brent was saying he said if you can't see it now you won't see it but I can see it I can see that grandson, even though he's not walking with the Lord, I can see him doing what, you know, God has told me he's going to be doing. And that's no doubt. And you spoke about being perfect earlier. You know, none of us are perfect. But I used to say to my mum, I was perfect. I said, mum, I'm perfect. And she'd always say, oh, Helen. You know, just give that, oh, Helen. And I says, but you're not seeing how God sees You're seeing with the wrong eyes. And so with our children, we need to begin to see how God sees for them. Even though we might in the natural see what's going on, but we need to see and begin to pray for them like that. Yeah, I've just got a definition. Oh, yeah, I've got definition of motherhood. There is no one definition of motherhood. Rather, it is an accumulation of so many things, a combination of raw emotions, experiences, and our hopes and dreams for our children. I've got a wee bit over the side. Motherhood is, however, one of the most sacred journeys you will travel in life. And as a mother, you know, I believe that. It's all what I ever wanted to be was a wife and a mother. (laughs) Wife first, then a mother. (laughs) Good to clarify. <laughs> Just, uh, um, I mean, amazing, amazing thoughts. And in that there, there's, I think there's three big takeaways, three things that we can apply to our life today for everyone in every stage that we're in, that, you know, in terms of seeing the kingdom of God outworked in our life, that we're, we're to make space for it, as Alicia was saying that we should be filling our world with prayer, as Rebecca was saying, and to believe for the things that we don't yet see. And it's all about having faith, all about just believing in, in 
and God's work in our life. And so, guys, amazing. Thank you so much. Great thoughts. Um, appreciate you, and uh, we appreciate what you do, um, and appreciate you being here with us today. So, so good. Should we thank these guys? Come on, let's put our hands together for them. Yeah, just leave the mics there. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what your next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, annasbrook.co.nz.